So before I get started this morning, there's just two things I wanted to highlight uh, that we didn't get to touch on yet here this morning. One of them, uh, Andrew had put up there earlier, the list of the graduates. One of the graduates is uh, Connor Eimer. Um, many of you know Tim and Gail, and Tim has been struggling with cancer for many, many years. And uh, Tim has had a special prayer for the Lord that he would sustain him until both of his boys had graduated from high school. This is the first of those two boys who graduated. So we still have a couple years to go to pray for the, for the younger boy to make it through. But I just wanted to highlight that and praise God for that. Um, also, just pray for Tim. Um, tomorrow night is the graduation ceremony. Pray that God would give him strength to be able to go and to be able to experience that and enjoy that as his father. Um, second thing is I just wanted to, speaking to all these students, um, most of those students have really been touched, um, obviously, by Andrew and your ministry, and also by, they've been in the youth group a long time, uh, by another couple who really has invested in their lives. Um, who happen to be here today. Uh, they don't want me to bring attention to them, but they happen to be sitting over there with the names of <laughs> Pastor Jeff and, and Tina. Um, so it's really great to have them here and just the way that they've poured into our students' lives. Um, so I just wanted to recognize them. So um, Jeff will hate me later, so that's okay. I just, I just ask for your forgiveness. Um, it's one of the things, it's hard, right? Because there's so many ways that each of you serve in different ways. Greg and Sue have served in a dozen ways. Chick didn't even get to mention. Our church is really just a lot of things are happening behind the scenes. And that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. But before I do, I just want to say um, good morning. I want to welcome everyone here again, um, as Pastor Andrew did. And also just ask, the, how many people here are morning people? Okay, there's a few of you who are morning people, okay? Um, some of us are. And I would say more of us are not, okay? Um, but all of us have this thing that we do, okay? Whether we're morning people or not, we have this thing that says, like, I don't start my day until, or my day doesn't get started, or I don't do anything important until I have what? So, like, I know for Pastor Jeff, until he has his Starbucks, his coffee, right? So I'd like you to take a minute and just talk to somebody nearby to you. My day doesn't get so I don't do anything important until I what in the morning. So just share that with somebody nearby. Until I what? Okay, if I could bring it back in, if I could bring it back in. Okay, those of you who had your coffee, those of you who had your cake, okay, some of you need to, you know, eat your breakfast, work out, get a shower, you get the idea. Um, some of you maybe aren't just still here yet or engaged with me. I hope by the time the service comes in about halfway through, you're doing that right now. But today we're going to look at a person, and his name is Moses. And Moses said that his day doesn't get going or he doesn't do anything important unless God is with him. He's not going to take a step in the beginning of his day without God. And that's going to be our, our message here today. We're in the middle of a, of a series called Life in the Presence that the elders had come up with. It really kind of talks about some of the things that we focus on, both as leaders of this church, as members of this church, and even as individuals in this church, that what we want to do is experience God's presence and do the things that are in the context of this passage that we've looked at um, it really, some of the ideas really came from a man named A.W. Tozer. There's a quote I'll pull up here that talks about life in the presence of God should be known to us in conscious experience. It is a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day. And that's what Moses did. 
He experienced God every day. He enjoyed him every day. And that's what happened. And we started the series, Pastor Brian talked about the tent of meeting in Exodus 33, which is our text. We're going to jump there in a few minutes, where Moses would be able to meet with God and talk. It said that Moses talked to him as a person talks to another person face to face, face to face. I often wonder what the face of God looks like. Um, but in there, there was three prayers that Moses had that we're looking at week over week over week. Teach me your ways, which Scott touched on. Don't let me take a step without you, which I'm going to unpack here today. And the last one, Pastor Brian's going to do the week after Father's Day, which is show me your glory. Next week, I'll also be preaching on Father's Day, a little snippet there. I'll give you a little, uh, it's on the life of Joseph, who was uh, Jesus's um, kind of uh, adopted father. But these are prayers, this whole idea of teach me your ways, don't let me take a step without me, show me your glory, that we can pray ourselves and experience God in a more deeper way. If you go back to what Scott had talked about with this teach us your ways, it helps us to see who God is. It helps us understand how he's working in our lives. And as we pray that prayer and follow Jesus in his word, God reveals himself to us. We were encouraged to be more wide-eyed and attentive to things of where God's at. Such a powerful prayer. Today we're going to look at the second prayer. Don't let me take a step without you. Now the whole phrase is actually has a prefix to it. It says, if you're not going to go with us, if you don't go with us, then don't let us take that step. Don't let us move a step from this place. I like the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message. He says, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. We're done. We're not going anywhere. Okay? So today we're going to see when we have the presence of God in our lives, what does it mean? What are the three things that we want to highlight? One is, is that we experience rest. Two is that God is pleased with us. And three is we get to stand out in some ways to bring attention to God in a positive way. So if you have your Bibles or a Bible app, I ask you to turn to Exodus chapter 33. Um, let me give you a little context. We have the verses up here you can follow along. But um, the people of Israel are on their way to the promised land. Moses is leading them out. They stop at Mount Sinai. Moses goes up there. He receives the Ten Commandments. While Moses is away, the people of Israel sin against the Lord. They make the golden calf. They worship it. God gets very angry. Moses intercedes, and finally God says, okay, you can go to the promised land, but here's the twist. I'm not going with you. You're on your own. My angel will go, but my presence won't go with you. And Moses faces this dilemma. It's the promised land. It's the thing we've been waiting for forever. It's success. It's fulfillment of a dream. But God says, I'm not going with you. You can go. But Moses says, God, if you're not going, I'm not going. Don't let me, don't let us take a step without you. So let's look at the conversation that Moses has with the Lord. Starting in uh, Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people, unless you go with us, what else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. Now here's the big idea, as we said. God, don't let us take a step without you. It doesn't matter how awesome something is. If you're not in it, we don't want it. It's a promised land. It's a dream. No, we don't want that. Maybe in your life, what could it be? What is it that you want? Do you want a new house? Do you want a promotion? 
Do you want a spouse? Do you want your kids to actually listen to you? Whatever it is, um, if God's not in it, do you really want it? And that's the power of this prayer. God, don't let us take a step without you. It's saying to, to us, to me, the presence of God is better than whatever the world has to promise me. When we look at these verses, there's some things we want to discover, again, about this whole idea of God, of God being with us. So let's start. The first thing I want to highlight here is God's presence gives us rest. Now, the reality is there's so much restlessness in the world. There's two facts that uh, I want to just highlight here on the screen. Um, the first thing is 40% of us are ma- more anxious today than we were a year ago. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands on that one, okay? And they say, for those of you who are high schoolers, you guys did a great job getting to the finish line, but it says an average high schooler today has the same level of anxiety as an average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. So restlessness is real. So if you're feeling restless, okay, that's okay. It, it's, it's common. It's prevalent. So what I want to do is I want to just highlight this one uh, real quick in a second. So hang tight. You can, yeah, no, you can leave it up there. That's fine. Thanks. But the reality is, is that we need to get to a place that maybe it's your happy place, whatever. I want you to just think today of what are those things in your life where you do find rest? Where do you go? Where do you sense rest? Can you go to the next slide? For me, this is one of the places I go. Um, it's actually a, a dock at a family resort in Northeast Maryland. But I want you to just take yourself there for a moment, whether that's through some sort of image, whether it's a dream. It's okay. You can leave the sermon for a few minutes or a few seconds and come back with me. But where is it that you feel peace? Is there room in your house? Is there a place that you go? And are there things that you long for that when you have there, there's tranquility? I recently had the opportunity to hike Yosemite with my daughter um, a couple weekends ago, and there's just some beautiful places there. I mean, the, our creation is just filled with so many things. Okay? But what I want to do is just explain that there's a connection between God's presence and his rest. Okay? So I want you to think about one of your, is it a favorite chair? I know, Dom, you got a favorite chair in your house there. You know, for different people, I have different favorite room that you go to. But sadly, what I can tell you is, is that in my own life, I see that there's times that I prefer the creation over the creator. There's times that I prefer the gifts rather than the giver. There's times that I just want the blessings without his presence. And I get confused. I want those things because I think that they give me this happiness, or they give me this peace. And I, I'm confused why they don't last. It just, it dissipates, it fades. And then I get confused the other way sometimes, right? I've got some really cool things in my life that are going on. I have these wonderful blessings, and somehow I think, therefore, God must be with me. I must be experiencing him because I have blessings in my life. And that's not true at all. Many of us know who had suffering and hard things happen that we often feel closest to God when we're going through our most challenging times. It's just like we sang earlier, right? All who are weak, all who are weary, come to the rock, come to the fountain, all who have sailed on the rivers of heartache, come to the sea, and what? Come and be set free. In him there is freedom. In him there is rest. Augustine, there's a beautiful quote here about Augustine, the great Christian philosopher and theologian. He said, we are made for God, 
And our hearts are what? They're restless. They're restless until they find, until we find our rest in Him. So God's presence gives us that rest. And again, we see in Exodus 33, 14, this verse, our Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What's the second thing God's presence gives us? Well, God's presence is an expression of His pleasure. We see again in these verses, 15, 16, and 17, it says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? If you're not with me, God, how will I know you're pleased with me? Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you. What would it mean for you to hear today from God? He says, I'm pleased with you. I'm happy with you. I'm content with you. And I know you by name. Think about when you're back in a kid, right? You're a kid and you're about, I don't know, maybe elementary school and you do stuff, right? Particularly maybe it's you're trying to play baseball for the first time or you're, you do an p- art project and you, really what you want from your parents is that you want them to be what? You want them to be proud of you and pleased of you. Look, Dad, look what I did. Look, Mom, look what I did. What are they looking for from you? They want you to be pleased with them. That's all they want. I'm pleased with you. What's neat is, is that desire for that parents to be pleased with us is something God put in our hearts, but it, to create in us a desire to be having him be pleased with us. Our Heavenly Father who created all of us, that's his heart's desire. But the neat thing is it's not from the things that we do. That's the big difference. When we're kids, we want our parents to be happy with the things that we do. God doesn't create us that way. He created us in a way where he's the one who's going to do the things that he would be pleased with us. He is the one who loved us and sent his son to die in his plate, in our place. It has everything to do with Jesus. He came, he lived a life we couldn't live. He pleased God in every way. He died a death we should have died. He's the one who paid for our sins. He rose from the dead and it's of his pleasure to offer us this eternal life. If you don't have that, you've never experienced that, that's our heart's desire. Don prayed that earlier. That's our heart's desire is that you'll come here today and if you don't have that sense of your, know who your Heavenly Father is and know that He's pleased with you because of what He did for you, that's our desire. Just like Moses wanted to have this face-to-face experience with God, you can have that relationship with Him today. That's available to you. You can't earn that love. It's just given. It's a free offering. And how do you do that? You just simply receive it. Humbly say, you know, God, I receive Jesus into my heart. I confess my sins and I receive your unfathomable, unconditional love that you have for me today. And God will say, I'm pleased with you, my child. I'm pleased with you. I know you by name. And let that sink in. John Piper says something I always appreciate. He says, God is most pleased with us when we are most pleased with him. God is most pleased with us when we're most pleased with him. So his presence, it provides us with rest. It provides us with an expression of his pleasure. And then lastly, it's a way that distinguishes us from other people. Now, this is a little different. So when you think about what separates us from other people, okay? So today, let let me just give you one example. We live in a day and age where technology is used to identify ourselves. We use technology all the time. So let me just flip to this next slide. Uh, One more. Uh, This is the verse. Keep going. 
How many of you have this on your phone? How many of you are using your fingerprint to identify who you are? Okay? So you're regu we regularly like to distinguish ourselves from other people. Okay? In fact, those of us who watch some television programs are fascinated. They have this thing today where you can come up and it scans your eye. Okay? And it says who you, is, who you are to let you into a room. <laughs> Helps correct your grammar. Thank goodness. <laughs> so anyway... Um, I actually work in the mobile payments industry uh, during the week, and actually the company I work for and several others, we're actually working on technology called iPay. It actually allows you to take your phone, put it up to your eye, and pay for something. So the bottom line is we actually are regularly being identified throughout our day, and we're being distinguished from other people. Okay? Now the Israelites in that point in time, you can put up the slide, actually had a similar attribute. Okay? They walked around with a cloud by day and a fire by night. So they walked around as a group, and there was literally a pillar of cloud that followed them around. There was a way that they were distinguished from the other people, okay? And so when Moses talks about these verses, about you not going with us, the idea here is kind of twofold. The first is set apart, okay? But the second one, in terms of marvelously separated, is the way that it talks about. This pillar of cloud was a marvelous thing. People marveled at it from afar. It's like, oh my, it's like a rainbow. In fact, we had a double rainbow recently, just around, if you remember, if you remember that. So they, they saw this thing, and they realized that these people, there was something different about them. But what was neat is, is that when the pillar of cloud was up there, or the, or the fire, where were the people looking? Were they looking at the people and drawing attention to them? No, their attention was to the cloud. And that's the way that God designed our relationship with him. As we experience him in his presence, and people see that presence inside of us, they're not seeing that it's you. Uh, what, a, what a nice guy he is. What a wonderful woman she is. She's so kind. She, he's so helpful. What they're seeing is that there's a God who's a pillar over top of you and experiencing that. That's the reason why that person is that way. Now, what's interesting is, is there's another way that this imagery come across with being different. Um, it's actually the imagery that's used with a baby who's being weaned off of something that no longer needs its mother's milk. Uh, as we talk about our babies, we often talk about how they've stopped nursing and moved on to what? Solid foods, baby foods, yes. Uh, overpriced uh, food in a jar, right? Um, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I'm not seeking to put too much imagery into this, but there's a solid parallel here, right? You don't see really a very few seven-year-olds nursing, Okay. Um, you see that eventually God designed that basically for, for babies eventually move away from this, okay, to things that they were designed for. They were designed for regular food. And, and in the same way, God designed our hearts to no longer be attached to the gifts from him, the giver, to be no longer attached to the blessings, to no longer be attached to the creation, but to be connected with the creator. And that's just as we sang earlier, if you lead me, Lord, I will follow. Where you lead me, Lord, I will go. Come and heal me, Lord, I will follow. Where you lead me, Lord, I will go. So our heart's desire today is just to kind of experience this presence of God. When, when Moses talks about, um, I don't want to take a step without you. Okay, if you're not in it, I don't want it to happen. So I want to do, I just want to pause and think through these things, okay? Go back to his presence. Well, I said the first thing is it gives us rest. Where are you restless? Some of you may not be sleeping well. Some of you may be taking medication. Some of you may be, to, to just get that rest. Some of you may be dealing with 
relationships that are really strained. His presence is what you need. It's not a panacea, but it's the thing that we need most. The second thing is his presence is an expression of his pleasure. Where are you still striving to have be accepted by him? Where are you hoping he says, oh, good job? Have you really ex- understood that he loves you because of what he did for you rather than what you do for him? And then lastly, this distinguishing us from other people on the earth. Do people see the presence of God in your life? Is he real? Or is it just some sort of thing you do on Sundays or something you grew up doing or something that kind of you inherited from your parents or something that people work kind of know you do a few things, but it really there isn't this vibrancy and intimacy to your relationship with God because that's kind of scary because I don't want him to ask me to send me somewhere I I don't want to go. So I'll keep him dampened in my back of my life. So as we look at this passage here today, I ask that you just take some time this next week and read through these verses again. Actually, read through the whole chapter. This is a great encounter that Moses has. And just pray, God, teach me your ways. Don't let me take a step without you and show me your glory. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this prayer that we get to unpack as a community of faith. Lord, I thank you for this experience that Moses had with you um, where he got to commune with you face to face. Lord, our desire is to get closer to you. Our desire is to experience this rest, realize we're an object of your pleasure, and just be different because of you in our lives. Help those things to be more true about us day by day. In your name.